Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 basketball podcast. I'm Greg. Joining me is Greg. Greg. And Greg. Greg. Uh, we had an eventful weekend of Pac-12 basketball in the regular season finale. We'll talk about UCLA and Arizona. We'll talk about Jalen Clark's injury. We'll discuss Pac-12 awards. We'll talk about the Pac-12 tournament bracket and much, much more. But first, Greg and I are going to be in Vegas this week for the men's basketball tournament. Greg just found that out like uh, two hours ago. I actually told him many weeks ago. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. He forgot. This is untrue. This is untrue. Um, I may have forgotten the dates, (laughs) but I do have evidence somewhere, I think in a text with you. You said, wait, when are we going to Vegas? I forgot about that. (laughs) No, I didn't forget. I said I wrote it down, but I forgot where I wrote it down. Which real. dates? The real ADHD real. experience. <laughs> I feel you. Which correct. dates are we going to Vegas? I knew it was this week. I just yeah. didn't yeah, know. Like, I mean, it has to be the Pac-12 basketball tournament. To ninth, eight to tenth. <laughs> okay, ninth. Right. Greg, do you have Google Calendar downloaded on your phone? Of course not. Wait, actually, I might. You should download it. Google Calendar has come closer to curing my ADHD than anything. It is. I live and die by Google Calendar. If it's on my calendar. I will not forget about it. I have, a, but then you have to remember to put it in your calendar, which can be hard. But it seems like you're already writing things down. Well, occasionally I'll be like, okay, this is real important and it's far out, so I'll definitely forget it. <laughs> but most I things I think I'll remember, and then I don't. Yeah. And so I don't write them in the calendar. You have to, you have to swallow your pride and just write, put everything down. And Google Calendar is like really easy to be quick with this is an app we are sponsored by google calendar <laughs> yes um, here's the thing about uh transitioning to adulthood is you realize that uh, that in order to function you need to be a sheep to a calendar is uh yeah everyone who is, graduates from college eventually learns that the only thing that matters in their life is their goddamn calendar um one time i had a doctor's appointment and somehow when i was creating it in my calendar i turned the notifications off for that entry i don't even know how you do that but i did it and i was like cleaning my house being so productive i'm never productive except for the day i needed to be somewhere and then all of a sudden i like was like i feel like i should be somewhere right now and i looked at my calendar and my doctor's appointment started 15 minutes beforehand I was on a waiting list for three months for that, too. That sucked. That sucks. Have I ever told so. y'all about the time that I was a month late to a meeting? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Because it was on your calendar wrong? Yeah, it was on my calendar a month late. And, and I was like, I uh, went to the meeting and I was waiting and no one was there. And I texted my friends when I was in grad school. I was like, hey, uh, where are the undergrads at? I thought, are, are we still meeting at this time? Did I, you know, what what happened? And she was like, that meeting happened last month. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, that's that's an experience that I've had when I've like added things to my calendar and then they got canceled, but the people didn't tell me they got canceled. And so I show up and they're like, hey, I got a notification that you're in my waiting room. And I'm like, oh, am I not supposed to be here? <laughs> yeah. Last week, I was supposed to uh, have a dentist appointment on Monday. The problem is when I don't have all my calendars synced. <laughs> uh, like I'll have something on Apple Calendar, but I don't have like my 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 school stuff, my school schedule, like imported onto that same calendar. And so I also had a midterm at the exact same time, and did not know that until about half an hour before I was gonna uh, half an hour before the the midterm started. And so I I just didn't go, and I haven't rescheduled that yet, which is great. Um, 
Yeah, we're functioning really high right now. <laughs> Riveting talk about calendars. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Greg, where are we eating on La- in Las Vegas? Do you guys follow Keith Lee on TikTok? No, no. I have no idea who Ke- that is. What? Okay, so Keith is this uh, black TikToker who rates restaurants in Las Vegas, and he just started by going to random restaurants and rating it, and now he's so powerful that he's like saving failing restaurants. What the Damn. fuck? Like it's it's insane. He's he's great. Everyone loves Keith, so you should look at Keith Lee for recommendations. Give us a restaurant recommendation. What'd you hear? I mean, I don't know the names off the top of my head because I don't go to Vegas often enough to like absorb that information. I know the names of two places. I'll send you TikToks because <laughs> Keith Lee is awesome. We're obviously going to Tacos El Gordo though. Yes, uh, that that is a must. And you then, need to get the you need to get Greg the beef tongue. Yeah, we got to get you the lengua tacos. That was, that was fire. And then Carnitas Don Claudio was yes. awesome as well. Carnitas Don Claudio. Hey, if anyone wants to get lunch or dinner with us at Carnitas Don Claudio, it's a little off the strip, but the top top three carnitas I've ever had. So anyway, uh <laughs> Where was that going? Uh, Greg and I are going to be in Las Vegas this weekend for the uh, men's basketball tournament. We, uh, we're we actually, Greg, Greg does not know this. Uh, I'm hoping to get a few video episodes up and content. Uh, and most of that, I, I hope we're posting on Patreon at NoTruckStops.com. We should be uh, real-life influencers, Greg, and document our uh, <laughs> Carnitas Don Claudio trip and uh, our Tacos del Gordo trip. Create a TikTok account at <laughs> uh, NoTruckStops. Oh, my. Oh dear. that's what reed wants reed's punching the air right now somewhere because i told him that was a stupid idea <laughs> uh, anyway so we will definitely post some content from that trip on patreon at notrekstops.com uh inexplicably there's football content up there for whatever fucking reason so uh if, if you want that uh go check that out and also please leave us a five-star review on apple podcast we got a uh, review bombed by arizona fans a couple of weeks ago we are slowly healing though uh shout out to the homie da bear i think that's da bear d-a-b-e-h-r it's meant to be a play on like the paint Debor. company yes but maybe this man works for the paint company uh they write us five stars they write the quintessential pack 12 pod terrific podcast with entertaining educated hosts if you're a fan of the Pac-12, this podcast is for you and maybe the best intro-outro song of any sports podcast out there. Shout out James and Black. Yes, shout out James and Black who uh, put together this song. It's called Superstar. Go check that out. I think it's on like, uh, I don't know, Tribe of Noise or something is the place where it's called. It's free. You can download it for free. It's not, you know, put it to your library. It's uh, We had to pay a little bit to use it, but it's been it's been great. So, well, thank you to Bear for leaving us a review. Please leave us your five-star reviews. We'll read our favorite review every week. All right, let's get into our show, and let's start by taking a truck stop to talk some news. All right, first piece of news here. Chip Kelly, he was signed to a contract extension at UCLA. Apparently, this is news to Grapes and Greg as we got on. Had no clue. It hurt. Been a busy week. Uh, his uh, his contract now goes to 2027 before it's 2025, so it's a two-year extension. But more importantly than that, uh, Chip's buyout is now $8.5 million if he's fired before December 2023. It goes down to $4.25 million if he's fired before December 2024. If he's fired after December 2024, the buyout is $0. So... 
Greg, right move for UCLA to do this? Um, yeah, I think it is. Um, they definitely could not fire him right now. That would have just been, I feel like, an insane thing to do for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, they're coming off two pretty good years. Dante Moore signing is huge, and by all accounts, he came to UCLA because of Chip. Uh, even if, like, if your biggest, if your biggest gripe with Chip is recruiting, you're going to lose a great player if you uh, if you fire him now. So obviously, you couldn't do that. And the buyout uh, going forward, it looks really good. Uh, it's not prohibitive at any point. I don't I don't really see a scenario where you want to fire him this year. So that eight point five million dollar number isn't going to matter. And then four point two five four point two five million dollars before December twenty four. Uh, I think that's like also really great because if you need to fire him before then you can. That's not a huge number. But also I don't really see a scenario where he gets fired before then either. Uh, even if their first year in the Big Ten is a disaster. Uh, you can wait till December to fire him when that buyout drops again. Uh, I think this is a great deal for UCLA. Graves, what about you? Right move for UCLA? Yeah, I feel like what Greg said, they couldn't have fired him after the last two seasons. That would have been really crazy. Also, there's the coaching talent out there. There's just not really Mm -hmm. anyone Mm. that I feel like could replace him. Like I feel like he's solid enough that you don't want to take a chance on a new coach. And I agree with Greg. If he's bad after their first season in the Big Ten, you can just blame it on it being a new conference. Like, if he has a shitty season, that you don't need to fire him before the season's up. So, yeah, I don't know. They had to extend him or fire him, and I feel like firing him would have been ridiculous. So Yeah, they were not going to yeah. keep him on a $0 buyout contract through this year. Would have been bad for recruiting. Typically, is not a thing that is ever done. So uh, I think that's right. I think the buyout seems manageable, although, you know, I'm not the one paying this shit. So some other millionaire can, some other millionaire, I'm not a millionaire, some millionaire out there can uh, can deal with that buyout. But it seems like that's, you know, given the buyouts that we've heard coaches take and get over the last several years seems incredibly manageable. I'm kind of surprised that he took it himself, but maybe no one else is out there biting. So... Uh, next Did, was this kept was this kept on the quiet side like obviously it w- people knew about it but I feel like no one was really reporting about it or else I would have seen it I mean the LA Times reported on it uh, so okay maybe it's just maybe just coaching extensions aren't like you're just, big enough you're news. just too outside you're touching too much grass now is I the just problem. think that the UCLA reporters the UCLA reporters that I'm following aren't doing a good job <laughs> <laughs> I'm follow, just kidding follow Ben Bulch LATB Bulch uh, next up uh, we have some noise around the Pac-12 and the media deal that is uh, fictitious and real at the same time, including John Canzano reporting the Pac-12 is exploring adding four Pac-12 schools, as well as Oregon being way on board with staying in the Pac-12. Uh, meanwhile, John Wilner has conjectured that he thinks it's likely that the Pac-12 stays together, but thinks with each passing week, it feels less and less likely that that's the case. Uh, Grapes, given all the noise right now, are you betting that the Pac-12 lives or dies past 2024? I feel like it's exciting to think about mass destruction the (laughs) way that we thought about it with Twitter when Elon Musk fired half of his staff. Um, So it's like the reasonable thing to be like, oh my God, everything's going to shit. It's not going to exist. It will exist. Uh, I don't think Oregon and Washington are going to leave because they're the best programs in the conference right now. Like they're in a pretty good position. I don't know who else is going to jump ship. Maybe Utah to the Big 12. That'd be really fucking funny. 
but I don't know. Big 12 fans have been out of pocket more than usual on Twitter this week. <laughs> yep. Like, Jesus Christ. My goodness, they have been absolutely absurd. We could talk about it. Greg, what about you? you gotta, if you're a betting man, you are a betting man. You're a gambling sicko. <laughs> Are you going to put money on this one? How many dollars, Greg? Before I say, I will not be putting anything on this because all realignment reporting is misinformation. 100% of the time. Even David Woods. David Uh, Woods came out, said Colorado uh, (laughs) and Utah are leaving for the Big 12. Except for that. That was legit, unfortunately, because the day Utah goes to the Big 12 is the day that I stopped giving a shit about college football. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I lean that I think it'll still exist uh, because I don't think the Big Ten is expanding and I don't think Oregon and Washington want to go to the Big 12. And I feel like they'll probably get a medial deal similar to the Big 12. But uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. It's all conjecture at this point. Yeah, uh, Big 12 fans have been extremely out of pocket. To be fair, uh, I did tweet I'd, I did tweet uh, on, what is this, Friday, quote, I'd rather be dead in the Pac-12 than be live in a truck stop conference. I think that's yes. a very reasonable thing to <laughs> tweet. <laughs> I, would, I would have said the same thing. Uh, uh, someone, someone replied, uh, I think this is in the works for you. <laughs> the Big 12 fans casually dropping death threats. Uh, another one, as a liberal in a red state, I'll just say, fine, that can be arranged. What the what fuck? What does that even mean? <laughs> that they want me dead, I guess. I live in a red state, too. Doesn't fucking mean I want to go to I Lubbock. Did. <laughs> oh, I, just I, had to, I had to ask where Lubbock was this week, and I'm not even going to say that's embarrassing. When I you say where Lubbock was, fair. like, as in where in Texas? Or? No, I thought it was in Oklahoma. It's oh, okay. fine. No, yeah, I, it's whatever. I, I now know that Texas Tech is there. I purposely erased the locations of these schools from my mind. Like, I found out no, that K-State was in a place called Manhattan, Kansas this week. Mm-hmm. That Which was is wild. a funny, like, uh, what's the word for that? Oxymoron? Manhattan, Kansas. But yeah, uh, I don't want to know about these places. Imagine. I don't have room in my brain. Being one of those fans who goes to away games. Uh, being able to do that. And you go from going to, like, beautiful cities like Seattle, like Los Angeles, and then instead... You're going to fucking Lubbock and Waco. I can't imagine how. The only like <laughs> shitty place, the only like shitty place to travel in the Pac-12, in my opinion, is Pullman. Pullman yeah. Because there's nothing around there. Like even it's with Corvallis, true. at least like Portland's up the road. And same thing with Eugene. Like if they're down the street from Portland, so at least on your trip you can hit up Portland. Boulder's and Eugene nice. Is pretty, right? Yeah. So is Corvallis. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, Pullman is the one place that I would say, if it, you know, I, I I would say that Pullman is the one place and be like, it's a little truck stoppy, but I'm still not ready to go there. Uh, but you're right, it is it is very a very weird place. It's not a not a fun not a super fun place to go to. It still would be like a top two location in the Big Twelve. <laughs> so like, true. I can't even consider. So I, true. I don't even know in my brain what could be better. Yeah, Waco. Like, I would take Pullman over Lubbock and Waco. The only thing about Waco is, like, the Magnolia place, the the silos or whatever. Right. Yeah. Weird stuff. Anyway, uh, Big 12 fans, I I, uh, <laughs> I I pray for you to, to 
find somewhere else to live. Anyway, uh, we uh, that's that's all we had for our truck stop news. Let's uh, let's talk about actual Pac-12 basketball from the weekend. Let's start with the biggest game. UCLA beats Arizona 82-73 to in Pauley Pavilion behind 43 combined points from Tiger Campbell and Jaime Hawkins on senior night. We're going to talk about the game soon, but first, the big news coming out of this one was Jalen Clark leaving the game with a non-contact injury at the start of the second half. Uh, he forced a turnover, converted a layup on the other end, and as he was sort of pedaling backwards, he started limping and walked over to the bench. Super distraught. Uh, kid was crying. Apparently, UCLA radio broadcasters heard them say he popped something. Uh, so the fear is that he tore an Achilles, which would not just end his season but uh, this year, but it would also have a pretty dramatic impact on next year, too. May not even play. Jalen Clark also posted on his Instagram uh, a, uh, I don't know, what do you call this? A, a, is it a story? story? A story? Not on Instagram. Uh, he po- he posted, if someone could make me a season mixtape, I'd appreciate it. Which doesn't sound good. Uh, sounds like he might be done for uh might be done for the the season. So anyway, uh, we're not medical doctors. I am not. Uh, I am a doctor, but not that kind of doctor. <laughs> so we'll have to we'll have to wait for the MRI. Greg, uh, does this wreck UCLA seasons? Are their title hopes done? I always tend towards pessimism. Uh, <laughs> I was already kind of on the edge with UCLA. I ve- I was very worried about offensively. I I think there will be issues because of this. There were already going to be issues, and this, I think, makes them worse. Uh, And defensively, he's their best defender. Of course, it's going to make a difference. Uh, I don't think it'll matter early in the tournament. I think the rest of UCLA is a good enough team. But when they come up against, like, a really elite team, I have so much less faith because Jalen Clark has been just incredible this year defensively. And he also is, like, a definite value add offensively, even though he hasn't been as good as he was earlier in the season. Uh, he's still he's still definitely a positive there too. And for me, I, I really don't think UCLA is going to win a title without him, which is a shame. Grapes, what about you? You agree with Greg? You think their title hopes are done? Yeah, I was, I was also already concerned about their title hopes, uh, especially the first half of this game. It did not look good. Um, so I don't see them being a title contender anymore without Jalen Clark. Yeah. Uh, his his ability to create turnovers, anticipate, get in passing lanes, disrupt the other team's offense just by getting a hand on the ball all the goddamn time, uh, it's going to be sorely missed. I mean, he's he is going to be almost certainly the presumptive Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year for a reason. Uh, he is... Very clearly the best defender in the Pac-12. Um, very clearly creates a lot of easy offense, too, for UCLA. A UCLA offense that still pretty good, but maybe benefits more than they uh, more than they should on Jalen Clark forcing turnovers and getting out on the break. That is a non-significant part of their offense. Offensively, he's another ball handler. He's another shot creator. He's another shot maker, specifically inside from like five to 10 feet um, on little floaters and getting penetration. So, and a, and a really great rebounder, maybe their best rebounder, the best rebounder on this team. Uh, those things are going to hurt. Uh, they are, they're going to miss him. I, here, here's the thing though. Uh, I think we've seen UCLA suffer from 
injuries, catastrophic injuries before. We saw it in 2020, 2021. Um, Chris Smith, who was their really their best scorer, uh, Johnny Juzang eventually sort of stepped in, uh, especially in the tournament. But he was, uh, you know, people may not remember him because he wasn't part of that really electric uh, Final Four team. But he was by far their most talented, their best scorer. Um, he was going to be their leading scorer that year. He ended up, I think, also tearing his Achilles or his ACL. I don't, I don't know which. But that ended his season there. They didn't finish it out. They were shorthanded. A couple months later, in that same 2020-2021 season, Jalen Hill, their start, their starting big man. I don't know if he was starting, but he was getting, he was splitting minutes with Cody Riley, their best big man by good margin. Uh, and and really someone who des- they desperately needed to come off the bench to provide some defense, to provide some perimeter defense. He left the team, and he is now, uh, I completely forgot to say this, rest in peace, poor Jalen Hill. He has since passed, but um, he, uh, he was not there for that team, and that team managed to figure it out and get to a Final Four. Now the circumstances are a little bit different. I think a couple of things had to break that way for that team. Uh, and and obviously no one is going to be sleeping on UCLA the way that they probably did back then. So I think there is Mick Cronin has proven that he can sort of take situations like this and do what he can with them. I also think UCLA is more talented uh, and deeper than they were then. Dylan Andrews not getting a ton of minutes. This is going to be an opportunity for him to get some big minutes. Uh, I have talked about this <laughs> all year on Twitter. Like he absolutely should be playing. He is a, a a very feisty point guard, two guard, whatever he is. He's like 6'2", 6'3". Very fast, very quick, uh, is very active defensively. Really smart player for him being, this being his first collegiate year. Uh, him, Will McClendon, another tenacious defender, maybe not a great shooter at this point in his career. Um, but, you know, another guy that they can sort of throw out there to have pretty good defense, and the whole team is a is a really good defensive team. So I I don't I don't think that their window here has closed, but obviously you can't lose a DPOI and not expect some drop off or not expect some pains. So they've got to figure it out. They'll have the Pac-12 tournament to figure it out, and that's it. Um, so certainly I think it changes the outlook a little bit for UCLA season, but I'm not ready to say that they are uh, completely out of it for a national championship spot here. If shocker from <clears throat> Carlos, <laughs> if Dylan Andrews or maybe Amari Bailey really steps up and does what we wanted Peyton Watson to do last year, mm. uh, or does what Johnny Chusang did two years ago, then I would change my mind on UCLA because you can lose Jalen Clark's uh, D, like it'll hurt, but UCLA is one of the few teams in the country. I think that can lose a player of Jalen Clark's caliber defensively and still be one of the best defensive teams in the country. Mm-hmm. Like they're just a great defensive team all around. Um, offensively though, that's, that's where I'm worried. Cause I don't think they had much room for error offensively and that's going to make them worse. So those other, those young guys, they've got to step up in a big way to make up for that. We'll see. I mean, I feel like uh, they certainly have guys. You're right. It's going to require Amari Bailey to grow up. Now, I think Amari Bailey is further along than Peyton Watson was last year. Absolutely. He, yeah. He is also a really tenacious defender. Not as smart and as polished as Jalen Clark because Jalen Clark has had three years of doing this now, but a, a really smart and tenacious defender nonetheless. So uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm really curious to see. They've got to have, they either got to replace him by committee or. Um, 
someone's going to have to step up and have a have a real Johnny Juzang breakout year. Um, or, you know, Jaime Hawkes is going to have to become go yeah. so, supernova, uh, which is possible, but we will we will see. So uh, I hope Jalen Clark, uh, I hope it's not a torn Achilles. We'll find out probably by the time people listen to this. We'll have found out. I know that he was getting an MRI on, um, on I think it was Sunday, so today as we're recording this, but uh, we might not know for a while. I was actually hearing that maybe there might be some uh, – you know they might withhold the the season outlook until the NCAA tournament bracket drops, which it's an interesting conjecture. But uh, Mick Cronin isn't typically one who is super secretive like that, so we'll see. Um, the actual game though, UCLA beat Arizona somewhat handily. They controlled almost all of the second half. Arizona never really pulled closer than seven of UCLA, but mostly kind of hung in there. Grapes, after watching that game, did it change your mind about either UCLA or Arizona? No, it's kind of a bummer because Arizona losing to Arizona State hurt a lot of the hype around Mm. this game. Like, I feel like there would have been a lot more excitement. It would have been for the regular season title. I don't know. I just have not been as convinced with Arizona lately. So I don't feel worse about them. The foul trouble was a lot. That was kind of concerning. And that made me second guess some things. But for the most part, I feel the same. I thought it was a really great game, not only like because UCLA looked fantastic, but it was senior night and the script for senior night, it was just so perfect. The seniors had really good game. Jaime Jaquez, Tiger Campbell, uh, Singleton, they all just had great games. And it was at home against a ranked team, their biggest rival. I thought that was really fantastic. Greg, what did you think of the decision to start all the seniors on senior night? You had a uh, Russell Stong, who kind of a prototypical. <laughs> I like, didn't know who that was. <laughs> team manager type. Yeah, he's a Big prototypical. Fan, yeah. g- g- uh, we, he, he's a fan favorite because he's the guy who comes in when the game's over. And people want to see him score because you know he's the he's that he's at the end of the at the end of the rotation. I mean, he's not even in the rotation, but comes in mm-hmm. in garbage time. So he's a fan favorite. But what did you think, Greg, of that decision to start nothing but seniors uh, for the first opening minutes of that game? I liked it. I also liked. I felt like he was in there longer than I expected. Uh, Russell <laughs> yeah, Stong. He was, he was uh, getting some real run. Yeah, he was getting rebounds, yeah. and he was he was open for three on the first possession. I was very upset he didn't get it. Uh, oh well. But I honestly had a very different take about the game than Avery. Okay. I okay. did not enjoy that game at all. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I thought I I thought it kind of sucked. Um, this has happened now for this is the fourth straight Arizona UCLA game that had all this hype and kind of fell flat in terms of competitiveness. Yeah, it did not live up to the hype. But I enjoyed. I always enjoy when senior night goes well. Yeah, for that's the home true. Team. That is a good point that I should have considered. I was sort of resenting it being senior night because I was so disgusted by Tiger Campbell's defense in that game. Oh, so <laughs> I swear, he bad. just did not give a shit. Like, got dribbled past so many times and just free layups for Arizona. And it didn't matter because uh, UCLA won by, like, you know, a comfortable margin. But I was kind of upset by that, too, because I wanted it to matter. Like, you should be punished for just <laughs> stupid, lazy mistakes like that. And uh, I didn't like that. And then, like you said, the foul trouble was weird. Uh, Arizona, it's just bad vibes. I don't know. Yeah, I, I did not love this game. I'm hoping 
that we get a better one in the Pac-12 tournament, and I'm sure we will. The last time we got one in the Pac-12 tournament, it was phenomenal. So, yeah. Yeah. I I, I sort of agree that the that it, maybe it wasn't living up to the hype. I will say, I mean, I was there at the game. I'm sure that was environment. The environment was unbelievable. Uh, that was uh, the last time. The last time I remember it being there's three games that stand out. Three UCLA games or even college basketball games generally that stand out stand out in my mind as having that good of an environment, that electric of an environment. That's that one. It's the UCLA game game against Villanova last year, and then the UCLA Arizona game in like 2013 was the other one. Where it was just like. Man, people. I mean, uh, UCLA wanted it, but man, fans in the at Poly Pavilion wanted that game real, real bad. So, um, oh, an electric environment that that made it fun. I think it. I think it probably made that game more fun than I otherwise would have felt watching it. Just because I don't know, it, it truly felt like uh, the the fans were living and dying with every single shot. <laughs> it was. It was. It was an absurd, absurd environment. Graves, you had something to say? That's just like the game that fans dream of. And I've never gotten to experience that as a Utah basketball fan, which is such a shame because they like are historically a a good team. So I'm like hearing you talk about it. I'm like, damn, I'm jealous. (laughs) They had their students lining up at like 6 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of drama about that on Twitter about attendance. That was crazy. Yeah. A lot Don't, of you drama. can't shit talk attendance with UCLA this season. Like, what are you Especially doing? Especially when you are a person who uh, used your mom's cancer to scam people. So, um, <laughs> Seth Davis Drag is him. getting is getting worked on Twitter. <laughs> Absolutely worked. Um, shout out, shout out, David Woods. Shout out, Ben Bolt. Just absolutely <laughs> torching him. him. Uh, he's he's always been uh, someone who is I, I don't know I'm not I'm not the oh this guy hates my team kind of guy but Seth Davis really does have an axe to grind with UCLA it feels like sometimes anyway uh, yeah and and the other parts about the actual basketball game uh, it it really felt like it's weird I kind of talked about this on Twitter this felt like a an, a very Arizona game like the kind of game they want to yes. play super. I felt like this was super fast paced for yeah. a lot of it. Uh, Arizona was getting uh, that the sort of tempo that it wants. UCLA was kind of playing up to it too, and UCLA won. Uh, very similar to like almost the reverse of last game, where uh, this game that game was at the McHale Center in Tucson, and they play uh, just a fucking rock fight to end the, the rock fight to end all rock fights. Incredibly ugly and intense basketball game. And Arizona won that one. Um, so, and almost by similar margin and kind of in similar fashion too. So very, very weird. Um, I think it probably shows the versatility of these teams to be able to win in several ways. Uh, I, I also felt like Jaime Hawkes was having himself an incredible night. I don't, I don't know that I feel differently about either of these teams. I thought there was something encouraging that UCLA played an entire half without Jalen Clark and played pretty incredible defense against Arizona despite that. Uh, it felt like for a good 10-minute stretch after Jalen Clark went off the floor, UCLA was not letting get Arizona get anything easy. It was a, a, a really difficult... It was, it was a really difficult game for Arizona, especially in the second half. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I sort of... It made me think, at, you know, that's 
at that point in the second half when UCLA was still playing really, really good defense was when I thought, well, you know, maybe they might be able to survive without Jalen Clark. Because this is Arizona's a, an elite offense, uh, and they were elite offensing in the first half. So, um, yeah. And the other part, to your point, uh, Azulis Tabellas still in foul trouble. Um, got 29 minutes, which is pro- pretty close to a season average, but um, not nearly as much. He had a good game, though, offensively. 24 points, 8 for 13 shooting, went to the line 8 times, got 10 boards. Um, but uh, he was a bit overshadowed by Jaime Jaquez on, on senior night. So, any other thoughts about UCLA-Arizona? I'm just more excited for the Pac-12 tournament version. Do you think it's different? If they meet. If they meet, if yeah, they we'll meet, get to that's that. That's a good point. <laughs> you think it ends any if if they do happen to meet in the tournament final because they have to because they're one and two, so they're on opposite ends of the bracket. Think it's any different? You think? Uh, well, how do you see that game going? Because they played two very different styles of basketball. These two games that they played. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? I think it will be more like the first one in terms of the style that it's played with, because I felt like a lot of what made it. Um, more Arizona, <clears throat> excuse me, more Arizona style uh, in this last game between them was the, th- it was just the lack of, there were enough players that just were not trying defensively that I think it, it took away from, it took away from the experience, made it maybe a less entertaining game for me, but also of course it made it higher paced. I think this time, you know, in the Pac-12 tournament, it's all to play for, you know, that Pac-12 title. I'm sure both teams want it. And I still think, as you said, they hate each other. Um, the intensity, I think, will make it a slower-paced game, but also a better game. What do you think, Grapes? Are we seeing anything different if uh, these two meet? Uh, It's neutral site. I feel like the attendance had a lot to do with it when Arizona won the first time. I don't know. McHale is, like, a very difficult place to play. And I haven't been to the Pac-12 tournament since before COVID, so I'm trying to remember, like, I feel like there's a lot of fans that go for their team but end up going to every single game, so there's, like, a good chance we get non-Arizona, non-UCLA fans in attendance to this, so I feel like it's going to be much more quiet than it would be if it was at either school or if it was, like, a typical neutral site game, so I don't know. Arizona fans do travel to Vegas pretty well, um, so I think... You, you don't think UCLA fans will? It's hard to say, especially this year where it feels like, I don't know, UCLA, this is the best season they've had in 15 years. Uh, so, but it's just Arizona, uh, you know how it is. It's like you live in Tucson, go up to Vegas. Why not? What else are you going to do? And UCLA fans yeah, that sort of true. have that culture. So I, 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 ta- I, I think there will be a good contingent of Arizona fans. I think it will probably feel like a light Arizona home game, but it's also not the same um as being at the McHale Center so yeah uh, I think there will probably be more Arizona fans than UCLA fans we'll see how UCLA fans turn out maybe they surprise me I don't know it's hard for me to think about it because I don't think they're gonna play each other in the championship game (laughs) we'll get to that we'll get to it um so yeah great game uh at least in terms of uh, the first half was really interesting and entertaining and had a lot of intrigue second half probably fell on its face a little bit after UCLA really took control of it uh, I will say Cedric Henderson, Umar Balo, Courtney Ramey, absolutely garbage uh, on on Saturday night. They did nothing. Uh, in particular, I feel like Umar Balo uh, finished with six points, five boards, a turnover, no blocks, no assists. 
uh, no offensive rebounds. Offensive rebounds, uh, UCLA kicked their ass. Um, so I, I don't know what was going on with him. I'm not sure if he was sick again or UCLA was doing some stuff to kind of mess with him. It, it felt like he was going to be able to take over just because he's so much bigger than everyone else. But um, And Arizona was certainly trying to get physical inside. But uh, in the end, UCLA comes out victorious. So good, good for them. All right, uh, let's move on here to uh, the next game. USC beat Arizona State at the Galen Center in L.A., 68-65. Boogie Ellis with another monster performance in what was officially his last game at the Galen Center. He came out and said he is not coming back next year. He had 28 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals as the Trojans sweep Arizona State on the season and likely solidify an NCAA tournament bid while locking up a 3-seed in the Pac-12 tournament. Grapes, did you get to uh, watch this game? What'd you think? The first half was so fucking boring. <laughs> oh my god! I think the score was like twenty to twenty nine USC over Arizona State. It was bad. Arizona State was doing their like not scoring thing that they've done throughout the season. It was like very frustrating. Um, yeah, it was. It was actually really bad. I almost considered not watching the second half, but I'm glad I did because things got tight. Arizona State. Arizona State like went on a twenty to nine run late. Mm-hmm. Arizona State almost won this thing, which I feel like looking at it at the end of the game, it's like oh that's not that crazy. But they were so bad in the first half, like I did not think it was that they could have possibly come that close. But Boogie Ellis was electric for the second week in a row, which I feel like is the most consistent he's been this entire season. Like usually it's it's a light switch on and off on and off, but <laughs> last week he was really great, and this week he had like sixty three points. Yeah, so that was fun. It was awesome. Uh, this whole week, really. Uh, you you mentioned it. He had twenty eight points, thirty six, I think, against. Uh, I have to pull it up here. Thirty five. Thirty five. Thirty five against Arizona on Thursday. Twenty eight in the win against Arizona State on Saturday night. So. Big game from Boogie Ellis. Uh, he really showed up. Greg, what about you? What did you get to watching this game? You have any impressions? Avery was right. It was not the most entertaining of games. Um, the last five minutes. The end, so you tuned into the, the last five minutes. That was electric. Uh, the, the end was quite fun. Uh, although, man, I really... I mean, it did end up being a fake comeback. Yeah. But, like, I did not entertain the idea that it was actually happening at all. Until they were within, how close did they get? I mean, it was three. Three, right? yeah. They got, they yeah, got I, to within I, three. I, I did not entertain that it was real until the very end, and then they lost. But, yeah, that's just that's tough for ASU with their, uh, their tournament chances not looking great, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it's a tough way to go, and ASU fans seemed so despondent on Twitter throughout that whole game. I felt bad watching. Yeah. It was not, it was, uh, so I didn't get to watch the first half. I was locked into UCLA, um, Arizona, but uh, I did watch the second half and in particular that sort of run. You're right. It did feel like a little bit of a fake run. It's, it, it wasn't fake in that I thought ASU might have a shot just because, you know, what, a week earlier they had had a, a buzzer beater from three quarters court go in. So you maybe they did something crazy again. But it is this thing with Arizona State where, like, and, and Arizona State and USC are very similar in this way. They're super volatile teams. Like, they they could go on a 17-5 and five run in, like, two minutes or just go completely cold for six. Um, it's, uh, 
it, it makes it hard to trust either of these teams, really. I mean, uh, you know, USC went cold and then gave up a ton of points at the end of the game there. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like they're they're both extremely volatile, volatile teams, and the difference is, is that Boogie Elf is probably the best player among the two. Um, he is, I think, the best perimeter scorer in the Pac-12, maybe one of the three best guards in the Pac-12. He has had an incredible season. So, uh, you know, I just, that's sort of the difference is that USC is just a bit more talented and they've now beaten Arizona State twice because of it. Uh, You know, Warren Washington had a really great stretch. I don't think he had a great game, but he had a great stretch there. We got a a key block, a crucial block at the end to sort of get them back in it. Uh, You know, Frankie Collins, I I don't know. (laughs) Seems like he really should be the best packed player in the pack 12 <laughs> honestly his talent level makes me think that he should be the best point guard at the very least but uh he he was somewhat disappointing in this game desmond cambridge completely cold five points uh one for 11 shooting absolutely brutal stuff from him if he if he shoots anywhere close to a season average sure like they, they they win this game absolutely so again just more volatility from both of these teams from arizona state uh in some ways it was good that Arizona State had that run and uh, and that, I don't know, keeps them sort of in the tournament conversation, right? The metrics won't, aren't going to punish them very much for losing to the number 35 Kempom team on the road by three um, and, and hovering around the one point per possession mark. So, yeah, I mean, I, very dumb game. Very, very dumb game. Anything else about Arizona State, USC? You all, uh, I don't know, trust USC a little bit now? I don't know. They are now... Um, what is this? They have now... Trust them to do what? <laughs> <laughs> they have won three, four, five of their last six. Trust them to make a dent in the NCAA tournament. You think, that, you think, think they'll get they'll to the... I think they'll win the first round. Okay. Think they can get to a sweet 16, let's say. They have the potential to do it, mm. but I do not trust a team as, like you said, volatile as they are to, uh... I don't trust them to do anything. Like, you know... <laughs> Wide range of outcomes. Yeah, and wide ranges of styles of play. Uh, sometimes they'll get up, push the possessions, get 80 points, and other times they play in a barn burner, and it's like a, a, a knife fight, and they're in the low 60s in terms of possessions. So very, very strange team, both them and uh, Arizona State. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, they're talented enough, depending on how the bracket breaks out. So I guess we'll find out. Uh, and Arizona State. I, I'm just going to say that, uh, yes, they lost this game. Yes, they, they're they what? They finished the season. Um, they lost three of their last five, but they're four and three to finish the season. Right now, they are number 61 in Kempom. Um, they're in a precarious spot for the NCAA tournament, but uh, I just want to say that they shouldn't be. I don't think Joe Lunardi has Wisconsin in right now over Arizona State, but ASU is ranked higher both in the net and in Kempom. Uh, Utah is ranked higher than Wisconsin in both of those metrics. Utah is. Uh, also, Oregon, who Lenardi has, uh, Lunardi, Lenardi, he has uh, Oregon that's safely out, um, but Oregon is higher than not just Wisconsin, but also Penn State, who Lenardi has in. Mississippi State, Oregon is higher than, who Lenardi says is in. And even NC State, who Lenardi says is somewhat safely in. So I think it's very silly and stupid that Arizona State 
is not getting more consideration to be in the field. Oregon probably should be in there just based on his met their metrics, even though the narrative of their story is they should not be in the in the NCAA tournament. But uh, ASU should be in. I don't care. I don't really care what these stop, jokers stop, say. Stop talking about Oregon this way. <laughs> Whoever's out there listening, get them out. I don't want to hear about Oregon anymore. They've done enough to no longer take up any room in my brain. I will not consider them. You know, the metrics might not be everything. However, uh, I have had enough of the Big Ten media industrial complex. Bullshit. It's bullshit. Uh, this is this fraud that they're getting away with. In 20 years, we'll discover uh, that massive amounts of bribery was happening behind the scenes to get these shitty truck stop teams <laughs> into the tournament yeah, the, who have the no business is, being there. It's not good. Oregon would be the best team in the Big Ten. Get their ass. I just dis- dis- disgusting conference full of shitty teams. Cal, Cal would be like the sixth best team. I'm not just like, kidding. Yeah, I'm so, Cal's ass. I'm so very frustrated <laughs> that they keep getting away with this bullshit. A couple of years ago, I got it because the Big Ten had some like actually great teams. Not fucking this year. This year, it's a bunch of mediocrity. And I don't understand how they're getting so many bids. Big it's corn is behind this. Fucking ridiculous. Uh, yeah, proximity to the, to the state of Indiana. Is that it? As if Indiana <laughs> it has really been... does feel that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. and, and looking at the standings, it's like, I'm not like, I get it. There's more context that's happening except what's in the standings. But like the number one team in the Big Ten is Purdue. They're 26 and five. Okay, fine. Like that's pretty good. Fifteen and five in conference. Every other team has double digit losses. Two through how how many the Big Ten has? Fourteen. All of them have ten or more losses. Indiana put, is put, number two in the conference. Utah. Yeah, put Utah in. Their metrics are better than a lot of these teams that are getting in right now. Right? It's like Indiana is a, is the second best team in the Big Ten. I'm supposed to believe they're a lock. They're twenty one and ten. They're twenty one and ten. That's a bubble uh, resume. That's a bubble resume. Is, it's a bubble record. Who is twenty-one and ten in the Pac-12 right now? Um, that's a good question. Uh, probably like USC. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Twenty-two and nine. Well, Ar- Arizona State is are they twenty-one one and away? 10? Oh yeah, they're, they're twenty and 11, twenty and eleven. Right? Twenty and eleven. Yeah. Same record as Michigan State, Illinois, Maryland. All teams that everyone is saying are really, really good teams. Maryland got their ass kicked by UCLA. Illinois did beat UCLA, I guess. Um. But ASU only had one loss out of con- out of conference, and that was like very clearly a fluke. Right, right. And eleven and nine conference record. Uh, that's the same as Illinois, Maryland, Iowa, Michigan. All teams that Lenardi uh, is at least considering. I'm pretty sure this is it's nonsense. Uh, this is silly as hell. They're uh, trying to stick it to the West Coast elites. <laughs> <laughs> Penn State is ten and ten in conference, and they're like. Kind of safely in. Wisconsin has a losing record. A losing record. Nine and eleven in conference. Seventeen and thirteen record overall. And they're they're in right now per Lenardi. You know who's better than ten and ten in conference? Washington State. Yeah. And Washington State. That's insane. Another team with better metrics than Wisconsin. Especially (laughs) considering if you're if you care so much about um context washington state was dealing with like probably some of the worst injuries in the country yeah (laughs) like they had the craziest shit happening to them in non-con consider the six game winning streak i that's what matters right uh, 
I need Wisconsin to be humiliated in the tournament. Like, I want to see tears from coaches <laughs> and players alike. I want to see people quit basketball after that game. The, this is what I'm rooting for. The worst loss in tournament history. I need it to happen. They'll probably be a lower seed, so maybe it could. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. Well, moving on to two teams who also have better metrics than Wisconsin. Colorado and Utah. Colorado Crazy. beat Utah in Boulder 69-60 thanks to 15 points from Julian Hammond, who came in place of starting point guard KJ Simpson, who himself did not play due to mono. Does he have mono? Oh, yeah, yeah, but is that... Uh, Okay, I'm not an epidemiologist. Why are so many basketball players getting mono? I feel like it's very easy to avoid mono. Uh, yeah, is it a myth that it comes from kissing? No, that's that's, that's real. True? Okay, but I feel like you have to be kissing an absurd amount of people <laughs> to be getting mono. Like I know there's like, oh, I b- drink out of someone's water bottle, but like, no, we've all done that. Most of us don't get mono. I feel like we as, as a species have progressed past mono. I'm not going to slut shame anyone, <laughs> but I feel like you should just be embarrassed if you get mono. Yeah. That's I, embarrassing. Very strange. Uh, anyway, I hope he's feeling fine. I'm sure mono is not a serious thing as far as I know. So I hope That he's... impacts like about one one person on each team in the country every year. That's too high. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have a conversation about this. That's, that's like, like 400 basketball players. That's higher basketball than... Basketball players are sluts, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's higher than the, than the American population, for sure. Anyway, uh, Julian Hammond came in, had 15 points in place of uh, mono, uh, mono sufferer KJ Simpson. I hope he's okay. I do too. I'm sure it's fine. Mono, no one dies from, I've never heard of anyone dying from mono. It's probably just really sleepy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Utah finished regular season with five straight losses uh, oh, during a pretty, so sad. During a pretty brutal stretch, honestly. It was a really, really tough stretch of games uh, to their credit, but that ended their tournament hopes. Despite the fact that, again, Utah is ranked higher in the net and in Ken Palm than Wisconsin, and Wisconsin is in, but probably ended their hopes. Greg, did you watch this game? What did you think? Yeah, I did watch this game. So, like, you know, before this losing streak started, I said, kind of feels like the wheels are falling off for Utah. And uh, I thought it would be bad. I didn't think it would be this bad. Utah has just been dreadful to watch uh, these last these last five games, this one especially, was horrible to watch. Colorado controlled the game, was ahead the entire time by a comfortable margin. There were a few times where it might it sort of looked like Utah might make a run or try and close the gap, but it never really happened. Uh, yeah, it's just tough. It's just tough. What we saw in this game is the same thing we see over and over again. Utah's roster is just really bad. Uh they do not have scoring talent. I don't understand why Mike Saunders does not play when Raleigh, even when Raleigh Wooster is, is healthy because Raleigh's not bringing anything offensively. <laughs> it's because Mick Cronin wants to achieve the all-white starting lineup. Craig Smith. Oh, did I say Mick Cronin? <laughs> <laughs> they look the same. They do look the same. <laughs> that's embarrassing that's an embarrassing mix-up i should give wooster some credit in that he was utah's best offensive player against colorado and yet <laughs> the offense just is so stale mm, <laughs> i feel like mm. when it's just him out there running things uh 
it's a lot of somebody has to take a shot and he just happens to be the one willing to do it. Uh, and he happened to be efficient this time, which was good, you know, good on him for that. But he, he just can't be that guy. Uh, Craig Smith has to be better in talent acquisition if Utah's ever going to reach past this level. Good job on Colorado uh, for winning without K.J. Simpson. They played well. Like, they legitimately played well. The zone defense had Utah completely locked down for the vast majority of the vast majority of this game wasn't until late that Utah kind of unlocked it. Um, by then, it was it was too late for Utah to really come back. Uh, but yeah, I, I took more because Colorado season is you know over unless they make a miracle run in the tournament. So I took more away from this that just Utah is so far away. Yeah, we've got a lot of work to do. Grapes, did you get to watch Utah Colorado? Do you have any thoughts about yeah. the game? It was. It was playing on the background. I, I mean, we'll get to this in the shit shack, but I feel like the most upsetting thing about Utah is they have literally nothing to look forward to. <laughs> like the recruiting has been asked. Brandon Carlson, there was rumors he's coming back. I don't know. That's like the only hopeful thing that Utah could possibly have because recruiting's just so sad. So like, it's not even, we're not even looking down at rebuilding. It's just, I don't know where this program is going. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I mean, I don't. I imagine it's at least somewhat hard to recruit to Utah. I, they did bring in Mike Saunders, Wilkins Exact, um, Kabakeda. Kabakeda was a top hundred recruit. That yeah. was yeah. a legitimate win. That was win. a huge. That was a huge win. But and you have to do more. You Mike Saunders more. looks promising, although he's he's he kind of older. He's a senior. Yeah, he's Isn't gone. He? Yeah, I think is is he not a junior? Um, he might I be gone he was anyway. A Transfer. I think he's only like, played two years before this. Oh, I don't know. That's a great question. Let's let's, let's figure this out. Uh, he's a junior. He might just be gone anyway because Craig Smith hates him. Yeah, I mean, if they can racism, <laughs> capital R. <laughs> if they can, I don't know. If they can bring back Mike Saunders, Kevicata, Wilkins, Exact, and if Craig Smith is willing to develop them and willing to, uh, and is a good developer himself, that's not a bad team especially if you bring back any number of the guys around them, Brandon Carlson comes back, maybe they might be better. They've got, you're right. They do have to get more talent. You, you assume though that Wilkins exact junior, Mike Saunders junior Wilkins exact. Is he, is he a junior also? No, he's a freshman. Okay. No, I meant is Mike Wilkins exact. Is it Wilkins exact junior junior? He's a true freshman. Oh yeah. yeah it's <laughs> Wilkins exact junior. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was, I thought he was, like literally a, a name junior. Yes. Oh anyway. no no no! It, it, like, his father, I believe, has the same name. Got it. <laughs> That's why yes. he's junior. <laughs> um, I don't know. It feels like those dudes have something. Uh, it's kind of weird if if it'd be a big indictment on his development, his uh, I mean, Craig Smith's development chops. Exact was not a highly touted recruit for a reason. Like, I think I expect development, and I do. Believe in Craig Smith as a developer. I think Brandon Carlson has gotten leaps and bounds better since Craig Smith has been here. Marco uh, Anthony? Marco Anthony, I mean, at Virginia, he wasn't didn't do much. But like at Utah State, he got better under, I think, he won some award, I think, while he was at Utah State in the Mountain West. Uh, Nemius Keda developed into an NBA player under Craig Smith. Sam Merrill as well. Uh but I think the big thing I'm worried about with him is not development. It's that, like, 
you can still develop if you get better players, you know? I just mm-hmm. am worried he doesn't want to recruit. Like, he's still in that Utah State mindset, and you can't do that in the Pac-12. Uh, anyway, so Utah, uh, a good season still. It's just that the shine has got ta- gotten taken off of it because they lose five straight, um, which is which is a bummer. Uh, I think it's sort of uh, is going to leave a bad taste in a lot of teams, a lot of people's mouth, especially if they don't, you know, win a game or two in the Pac-12 tournament. Their Pac-12 tournament matchup is Stanford. Stanford is not a good team, but they're talented. They could absolutely beat Utah, knock them out Haven't early. Did they beat Utah this season? Did yeah. they beat Utah this season? No. Uh, I think it they looks did, like, right? Uh, they did. They did. They beat Utah yeah. in Salt Lake City. Now, Utah yeah. Utah Oof. did beat Stanford in Maple's Pavilion, but... Um, Utah loves losing in the first round, so <laughs> I'm going to assume that's going to happen. Like They had a really good shot at the fourth seed, and they kind of played their way out of it. Bummer. Uh, we knew this was going to be a stretch, right? These last five games, it mm-hmm. was at Arizona, at Arizona State, home against UCLA, home against USC, at Colorado. We said back in early February, that's a stretch where Utah needs to get one maybe two of them they don't get any of them uh they go oh and five and honestly not particularly competitive in many of them is the big problem i think we would have had some better nicer takeaways for utah if they had been tough in a lot of these games they they were not really competitive now they didn't get blown out in uh in really really humiliating fashion maybe against arizona but even in arizona they were somewhat competitive but they were never really close um so, you know, it's a uh, it's tough to get to this point where they entered February or they entered this last five stretch of games 17 to 9 and they end 17 to 14. So, not not great for them. Colorado, on the other hand, yeah, big win for them in terms of their morale. They did lose 3 in a row, but those 3 again, the hardest stretch of 3 games, Arizona, USC, UCLA, really really tough stretch. Almost beat UCLA. Really Mm-hmm. probably should have beaten UCLA in that game uh, at home. We're really tough with Arizona, kind of played uh, played them pretty tight, got their asses beat by USC, though. Uh, so, I don't know. Colorado not getting 20 wins, I don't think, under Tad Boyle, unless they have an electric uh, um, Pac-12 tournament run. But either way. All right. Any other uh, thoughts about this game? Other teams that you think are worth highlighting right now? Washington State, by the way. Washington State has been on a heater. Washington State has looked great. Quietly, quietly have put together a six-game winning streak. They beat the shit out of Washington. Score doesn't look like it. They had them up high. They never really let them get close. Um, And, uh, you know, TJ Bamba had a really insane game. That man hates Washington. 36 points. (laughs) 36 points, 13 for 20 shooting to go with two boards, two assists, a steal, a block. Uh, incredible game from TJ Bamba. Uh, he is probably in the running for most improved player of the year. Mohamed Gay, 10 boards, 15 points off of 7 for 11 shooting. Um, really great game from Washington State. I don't know. I, I kind of don't know what kind of team they are. They are good offensively, good defensively. Number 54 in Kempom, that's pretty good. That's getting approaching bubble territory don't think they're going to get it but um they finally for the first time all season since their first game no sorry since their oh what is this their fifth game uh they were three and two 
on November 25th. That was the last time they were above 500. They finally got above 500. They're 16 and 15 on the season. After having that really horrific stretch in January, they turned it on here at the end uh, and through the middle of February, winning six straight. They beat Washington, Oregon State, Oregon, Stanford, Cal, UW. Maybe, maybe not the toughest stretch of six games, but they won all six of them nonetheless. Three of them were on the road. Three of them were at home. So we'll see. I'm really curious to see what Washington State does in the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Pac-12 tournament more, but pretty good stretch. I, I don't know. This is a, a good uh, a good weekend for Washington State. So any other thoughts about uh, any of these Pac-12 teams? Oregon also should say this very quietly. Uh, sweep the barrier schools. They beat the shit out of Cal. Barely scraped by Stanford, but they did win. So they end their regular season on a three-game win streak. By the way, they're number 41 in Kempom. Number 41. That's, that, that, that is enough to get you, like, in. <laughs> like, that's, that, if we're just going purely based on metrics and where they are, that gets you into the tournament. In the net, they're also not far off. Number 47 in the net. Uh, that would put them, I think that makes them the fourth highest Pac-12 team um, in those two metrics. I don't know. I, I don't know if they're if they're going to get in. They're 18 and 13 on the season. It doesn't feel like it, honestly, the way we've been talking about them. It feels like they're 13 and 18. Um, they're two games away from getting 20. And if they manage to win their two tournament games, win two of them, that'd be impressive now. Well, two wins and they're in the championship. Uh, is that oh right because they're they have a buy, yeah. In some ways, mm-hmm. they wish they shouldn't have had a buy, right? I I I, I don't know because I don't know how much just a one win uh, it would look good on the record though. But the win if they can beat whose side of the bracket they're on UCLA side, they're right? They're on UCLA side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't if, think they're gonna beat UCLA. If they can get UCLA, I really do think they might be in. Yeah, God, I, I yeah. I, I hope so. Anyway, so Oregon, good but job for them. they would have to beat Washington State to do that. Oregon, Washington State in that in that second round in those quarterfinals, really interesting in my opinion. I am if if Washington State, I mean Washington State should beat Cal. Going to be very stupid if Cal beats Washington that's, State. That's basically a bye game. It should be, except you get to add a win, yeah. to the win column, yeah. which is what Oregon needed. So Oregon <laughs> really should have. Aimed for that fifth seed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Anyway, um, so that's uh, that's all we have in terms of uh, other teams. I can't think of any others that are noteworthy. Uh, let's move on. Shit Shack. Uh, Grapes, who gets to hang out in the Shit Shack for the final week this week? Utah. Mm. Oh, I feel so bad. I, they only had the one game versus Colorado, and it, it could have been much worse, but it was not good. So they're in the Shit Shack. Greg, what about you? Um... Cal, uh, <laughs> still serving. Per- yep, still serving Irish drinks. Green martinis at the beach bar that is the shit shack. They lost the uh, the sewer bowl to uh, to. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. They lost the sewer bowl to Oregon State on Saturday. Uh, yeah, they're just they're so bad. They're they're dreadful. Utah is the pick of the teams that are not Cal, though. I think. Yeah, I um, God, yeah, I I, I guess you're right. <laughs> the other teams that had two losses was was it just was it just ASU? I thought ASU acquitted themselves well. They did, uh, like they played well, 
even with the losses. So definitely not them. Yeah, I think you're right. Washington, I guess. Put them in the shit check, but maybe. Yeah. So one game, one game. Anyway, okay. So we all agree. It's Cal is still there. Has been there. This should be the name. This should be the Cal Memorial shit check. And uh, we're sticking Utah in there, which I think is very reasonable. All right, MVPs this week. Uh, I uh, I'll go first here. I've got uh, Wazoo guard TJ Bamba. Just one game, but again, thirty six points off thirteen for twenty shooting against the Huskies. Uh, and then in there, I just sort of was curious, like, just man, hate the Huskies. That's going on here. Had a great game against Washington earlier this season. Bamba had twenty point seven boards, two assists, a steal, and a block. So uh, he's had a Pretty good year this year, and especially against Washington. So he's my pick for MVP this week. Grapes, what about you? Who's your MVP? Uh, mine is Boogie Ellis. He was awesome. Like I said, he had a combined 63 points against the Arizona schools. Um, and I really hope he continues this hot streak through the tournament. I think that would make it a lot more fun. Greg, what about you? Um, For me, I'm going to go Glenn Taylor Jr. off the bench for Oregon State. Was Goodness, on fire against Cal. Yeah, that's a pull. <laughs> I don't even know what happened in that game, but I'll go with it. Yeah, so I don't know why I had this one on for as long as I did on a second screen. But I, I guess I was just sort of morbidly fascinated <laughs> <laughs> to see if like Oregon State could force Cal to have the same finishing record, you know, as Oregon State had last year. A very important game for Pride. Uh, and he was just awesome like could not stop like it felt like he was the reason Oregon State was in it he could not stop getting to the line it was really funny to watch and of course 28 points off the bench is extremely impressive good job Glenn Taylor Jr. he was anonymous against Stanford but that's fine (laughs) 16 free throw attempts that's crazy (laughs) it felt like more honestly crazy stuff uh okay that's a good one uh okay let's move on the regular season's over which means pac-12 awards voting is underway pac-12 awards come out on tuesday so let's do some discourse ahead of this uh starting on the big one real quick who should win pac-12 player of the year greg is it jaime Hawkins? is it julius tabellas is it someone else jaime Hawkins. azulis tabellas a close second good job but i, I jaime Hawkins for me nobody else uh I mean, nobody else is that close. There were some other good players, but uh, those two were a tier above everyone else. Great. So what about you? Who do you pick for Pac-12 player? Yeah, I think it's Jaime Hawkes. I think it's Jaime Hawkes, too. Uh, Azulis Tavellas quoted himself very well, was the front runner for a good chunk of the season. But I think you got to give it to Jaime. Uh, he's the best part of the best team, maybe the the best scorer in the country in terms of finding his own shots. Azulis Tavellas, great scorer elite rim runner that counts for something i i kind of i don't know i sort of was squinting i was like boogie ellis does he deserve to be on the mm, be, in the, be on the more inconsistent than azulis tabellis that's true but i think he deserves to be on the uh what do you call him the uh when at the olympics the podium. the podium yeah there oh. you go hey, he deserves to be on the podium just a distant third yeah that's probably true but man he's he's had he's had so many great incredible games peaking at the right games. time yeah, I really want to see him in March. I feel like he's the quintessential March player that's like gonna mm-hmm. could take over. Um, so, uh, yeah, that man's on a heater. Okay, uh, DPOY Defense Player of the Year was it Jalen Clark with a bullet? Any other candidates come to mind? Jalen Clark. It's all. Jaylen I mean, Clark. It's, it's, I think Jalen. It's Jalen Clark 
Kobe Johnson is like a a solid second. Uh, he had a great season, great defensively. I think Jalen Clark was just a little better. Yeah, I think that's right. I think we all agree it's Jalen Clark. Kobe Johnson, though, really, really good uh, defensive year for him. So definitely deserves a mention. Really, I mean, he's just made USC a, 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 a decent, halfway decent defensive team almost by himself. So good for good for Kobe Johnson. Uh, next two, I think, are wide open. I'd be curious to hear what y'all have. Most improved player. Greg, who do you have? Most improved player is very, very tough. Uh, I I think it's Boogie Ellis, though. Like, he, I don't know. He was pretty good last year. I don't think he was. <laughs> That's like, a great. He, I'm going to go look this up. He was inconsistent. I just don't think he had as strong of a finish to the season. I think he started out really great last year. I think he was a similar type of player last year, except his lows were just so much lower, and his highs weren't as high as they are this year. So I, I for me I think it's Boogie Ellis, especially so with the increased role. Shooting percentage did go up on more shots. You know, forty one point seven percent to forty four percent. He was uh, he was okay from three. Actually, pretty good from three. Thirty seven point six. He's thirty nine percent this year. It doesn't really the raw numbers don't really look like it. Uh, but uh, you know, I think he's more. It's it's his efficiency that's gone up. Um, so there's it's just that the role. That's that's yeah. the big thing. You lose who they lost with Isaiah Mobley, and you completely change how you play because of it. And he was definitively their best player, and I don't think he was one of their top two players last year. That's true. That's a great point. Uh, yeah, I mean the number, the advanced stats where he really uh, shines as much better is, is the advanced stats, right? Player efficiency rating, which Greg absolutely loves as a metric, fifteen point five <laughs> last year, twenty two point three this year. Uh, so an average player to uh, a borderline, I don't know, a borderline great player this year. Um, his turnover rate's down, but his usage rate is up, so that's great for him. Uh, 1.9 offensive box plus minus last year. 6.0 this year, so a much better offensive player, uh, slightly better defensive player, so it's not a bad pick. It's not bad. Great, so what about you? You got a most improved player Can in mind? Can I pick Oregon State's entire team? <laughs> <laughs> they, I feel like it's so It's funny open. because I don't think they have any returning players. <laughs> I know. That's what I mean is like the program itself. It was so bad last year. So bad. And like they haven't been good. But compared to what they were last year. That's true. I think they're the most improved. Yeah. That's that's true. Although, you know, Oregon State was still pretty bad. 11 and 20. Uh, I guess if you're comparing it to last year, it's like. 11 wins is a lot compared to what was happening last wins. year. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and some pretty good wins actually too. So I, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, this one was hard for me. I kind of I had a uh, a galaxy brain pick, which was Azulis Tabellas on Twitter. Uh. I don't know. <laughs> I think Azul- I think Azulis Tabellas probably should win it. I don't think he's going to. I don't think anyone's going to see him be that. But like he went from what the third best player on his team last year, a guy who was widely criticized for disappearing, for being soft. And he turns himself into a front runner for Pac-12 Player of the Year. I don't think he, I don't think he became the best player on the team. I think it was because the two best players left and no one replaced them that he was like clearly the best on his team. But I, I also do think, think he got better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. 
he was more physical. I thought he was tougher. I don't know. I, I think Azulis Tabellis, he should win most of every player of the year. I don't think people will pick him, though. I think what we're going to get is like TJ Bamba. Boogie Ellis is an interesting one, too. Well, I just uh, realized I forgot to pick like a fairly obvious one. I mean, you you pick yours. Uh, if if, yeah, if uh, Azulis Tabellis mean, isn't yours, I'm not okay, sure. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, uh, I'll say TJ Bamba. I'll go with him. Why did none of us mention Jalen Clark? Yeah, he's another Jalen one. Clark last year because was good. he's going to get Defensive Player of the Year. It must be that uh, because he was good defensively last year, very good defensively, got better, and offensively took a massive step. Obviously, yeah. second half of the year wasn't as good offensively as the first half, but still leaps and bounds. I think better than what it was offensively last year like i think if you'd asked us three months ago who uh or maybe not two, like two months ago who most improved player was couldn't have imagined it being anyone but jalen clark and so oof, now i kind of think I, I think i'm gonna change my pick to jalen clark yeah jalen clark's a great one uh you know he had been talked about there if it wasn't defensive player of the year i also think much like his defensive player of the year contender counterpart Kobe Johnson probably deserves some yeah. love for most improved player. Yeah, uh, Upped his minutes by over 20 minutes per game. Ended up yeah, becoming a, a, a really efficient player and a really, really good defender. So he probably deserves some love as well. I don't see why not. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of really great players who have improved year over year. You could make a case. You could make a case. I'm not saying I would, but you could make a case for Marco Anthony. Uh, he's mm. a much better player than he was last year. I think you could make a case for maybe a KJ Simpson of Colorado. Is KJ um, Simpson not a freshman? No, I think it's a second year. Oh, yeah, you're right. He is a second year. Duh. <laughs> yeah, because he's not um, winning freshman of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is not winning freshman of the year. So. Okay, uh, well then let's go to the last one here. This one's always nebulous as all hell. Coach of the year. Grapes, who wins coach of the year for you? I feel like when there's not a clear answer, you just pick the coach of the best team in the conference. So Mick Cronin. Greg, you agree? That's what they're going to do. That's what I'm going to do also. (laughs) I don't think anybody else has made a compelling enough case. I mean, the thing about this is that, do we think you should go to the best team that year? Like well, I think I'm not you could convinced argue that he did the best coaching job. UCLA was favored to win the conference by pretty much I know, everyone. But I don't think you should have to like exceed expectations to be considered the best coach, especially when there's no okay. way to exceed the expectations set yeah. for you. It's true. I think you set those expectations. If you set high expectations and achieve them, that's you shouldn't better. penalize people yeah. for that. <laughs> it's better than setting low expectations and achieving them. Like uh, Utah overachieved by expectation. Uh, overachieved expectations by a lot i think or maybe not by a lot but they improved a lot you know uh and i don't think craig smith is close here because at the end of the day you still see so many flaws in utah and a lot of that falls back on him whereas with ucla you see so much consistency uh he has done a great job bringing in talent uh it's hard to it's hard to poke holes in the coaching job he's done this year i think so for me it's it's pretty clearly him yeah i i guess i believe that mick cronin uh i, I don't know it's, it's hard i guess it's just hard for me to I, I get it i understand you like have high expectations you meet them that means something and that's really really hard to do i just appreciate when guys exceed expectations i think 
Craig Smith has done that, probably the one who has done that the most this year. I would say, I don't know, kind of thought about Bobby Hurley in Arizona State. I don't <laughs> Arizona State picked to finish seventh, and they have 20 wins right now. Exceeding low expectations is what people in tech do to get a raise or like a performance bonus because <laughs> they set really low expectations for themselves. So when they like meet those expectations or slightly beat them, they look really, really good. I think, And the people that have high expectations that meet them don't get treated the same. Okay. All right. Fine. You shouldn't a good value argument. over exceeding expectations if the expectations that they exceed are like extremely low. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Tommy Lloyd is another one. Actually, it's I think it actually point. might be close with Mick Cronin because yeah. didn't he get National Coach of the Year last year though? Yeah, and then he lost two uh, two NBA players, not two, three NBA players: Coloco, oh, Matherin, true. and Dalen Terry. All huge parts of a great team last year, and uh, the step back was significant, but it was also. I think much smaller than I expected, much smaller than I expected it to be. And in the win-loss column, it was not very big at all. Extremely impressive that they look as good as they did for most of this year. It's a good point. I just don't know how you could give it to him over Mick Cronin. Yeah. Yeah, UCLA also lost a lot. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. I mean, uh, good points all around. I think we all agree it's Mick Cronin, maybe to some varying degrees of confidence there, but... uh, Good, good on that. All right, let's move on. Let's talk really, really quick. We're getting, we're running long here. So let's talk really quick about the bracket, the Pac-12 tournament. It is now set. Here are the four top seeds that get a buy in the first round. Number one overall seed. This is this was decided a week ago. UCLA. They uh, get the host. They get to host the winner of the eight and nine matchup. Oregon is the fourth seed in that same bracket. And then Arizona takes the second seed while USC takes the third seed. They are on the same side of the bracket. In the first round, number nine, Colorado versus number eight, Washington. Winner gets to play UCLA in the quarterfinals. And then in that same bracket, number 12, Cal plays number five, Wazoo. They get to play, the winner of that game gets to play Oregon. On the other side of the bracket, uh, number 10, Stanford plays number seven, Utah. They play. The winner of that game plays Arizona. Oregon State is the 11th seed. Arizona State, the 6th seed. Winner plays USC in the quarterfinals. So, now we have this set. Any reactions to this? Are you? Is there a path here that you're looking at there? And you're like, oh, that's a pretty tough path. Or is there a path there that you're looking at that's pretty favorable? Great, so we can start with you. Is there? Uh, I don't know. I don't feel like there's like overwhelmingly a team that won when looking at this. Like, I guess you can, like, debate, oh, Arizona's lucky that they don't have Washington State and Oregon on their side of the bracket because those could be scary. But, like, Utah beat them. Arizona State beat them. Mm. USC could beat them. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's pretty well distributed. Greg, what about you? I think that Washington State is unfortunate with the path that they got, and I'm a little... Uh, upset by that as someone who is invested in the Washington State Cinderella run. Um, (laughs) I I disagree. I think it's tough to go through Oregon. I think Oregon is playing well right now, and uh, uh, they're they're playing well, and they 
are a talented team, which is tough. And UCLA specifically is going to be tough. I feel like UCLA owns Washington State. We've talked about that before. Whereas on the other hand, Washington State beat Arizona already this year. Uh, I, I feel more confident that they have a chance of an upset against Arizona than I do against UCLA. This would be a very, very tough path for them. Uh, Except UCLA has to figure out how to play consistently without Jalen Clark. That's true. It's true. You might. It might be real I feel, tough early. I feel that Washington State probably lucked out a lot here because, that as we know, they they have a six-game winning streak, and he is everything. Um. They are so lucky that they're not the fourth seed. I think if Washington State was the fourth seed, I would say they have no chance at any upsets in this bracket because I think having a bye would ruin all of that momentum. What's the word I'm looking for momentum that's <laughs> happening yeah, and here. Cal, and they get Cal, which might as well be a bye. <laughs> Literally, like a bye, except you get to stretch your legs. <laughs> like Oregon's gonna come into this game cold. I mean, I don't. I I feel like they have that. That's like perfect spot for an upset because washington state has an easy game to cruise through cal which now that i'm saying this they're absolutely losing to cal um <laughs> but like they beat cal it probably wasn't a lot of work to beat cal and then they get to play oregon who was sitting on their hands mm. i don't know it's it, you're you know i sort of wondered about this too and i did not consider the Jalen clark factor in this i was like well who gets cal and they gotta play oregon and we don't trust oregon i don't trust oregon none of us really trust, trust oregon. oregon i get that they're super talented but like do we trust oregon i'm not sure we do i think washington state is competent feel, enough to be i think oregon. i feel more confident about washington state beating and, ucla than yeah, i feel about them beating oregon <laughs> i mean i might say washington state has a better chance against ucla than arizona does because of the Jalen Clark factor. I mean, I yeah. mm-hmm. that's that a great is, point you brought up, Avery. I, I did not, you know, I did not consider that now that it's mm-hmm. sitting here in my face. Washington State might have a real shot at Oregon stating yeah. this. Uh, they Especially if Colorado beats Washington, because I think Colorado is going to give UCLA a much tougher game than Washington yes. would. Yes, that's and right. And I, I really think they could play like the full 40 minutes in that game, and UCLA has to recover in time to play potentially Washington State. And then if somebody else can take care of Arizona Forum before the championship? Yeah. Maybe. And if they don't, they've already beat Arizona. Yeah, the confidence <laughs> so is there. It's like... You've got the type of team you need to beat Arizona, I feel like. You've got guys who can give Azulis Tabellis trouble, make him frustrated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I feel man. like the real the real narrative for a Cinderella run in a conference tournament is like consistently doing the impossible. Beating Oregon looks like it's impossible. If they do that, they play if UCLA. They beat, or if they beat that Oregon, looks like I'm it's all in. Yeah. <laughs> that looks like it's impossible. And then they play Arizona, who like they've beat, but like Arizona clapped their ass the second time around. That looks impossible. That's perfect. That's, also, that's what we dream of. I just realized this. We have to consider the factor of the Washington State's women basketball team, which just won the True. Pac-12 tournament. After upsetting some elite teams on the Wait, way to do it, when's the last time uh, both the men's and the women's of the same program won the, the conference oh, tournaments? Good question. I don't care. It's happening this year. I've I've decided. Uh, Washington State's I feel like women's UCLA, team. No, UCLA won the tournament last year, but UCLA women's team didn't. Did nah, they? No, it was Stanford, right? Uh, I can't remember. I think it was. 
Stanford was a one seed. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm even more convinced than I was uh, after remembering <laughs> that uh, if Washington State's women's team can do the impossible, so can they. You know who picked uh, Washington State as a potential Cinderella team preseason? Good job. Very good. I, good job. I did that. Well, we're about we, to find out if you're on right. a, episode, episode, Lucy Cowell. Were you they? there for the episode like months ago? Washington State was under 500. And we said, yeah, that's the team. It's because they had the craziest injuries happening yeah. on their team. It was really upsetting, actually. Yeah, well, and they were losing some of their games. So real smart yeah. if they uh, if they pull this off. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I think uh, that Washington State one looks pretty juicy, very interesting, and I don't know. I mean, you gotta you gotta imagine that the that the Jalen Clark factor matters there. That maybe that bracket isn't as scary as it might seem now with one DPOI out of the picture. I, I would also say, I don't know, in terms of even not even just the teams on the who who don't have a bye, Arizona kind of has an easy path. I'm just gonna say it. Um they get the winner of Stanford, Utah, as long as it's I mean, I don't trust Stanford for shit. I get that Stanford already beat Arizona. I understand that. I understand that Stanford is talented. But like I don't I don't trust them for shit against Arizona. I just mm-hmm. don't. Not in a neutral site. I uh I, I would I would take Arizona ninety nine times out of a hundred. Then they would have to play what USC, maybe Arizona State. They, have I think kicked, that could be tough. They have kicked USC's ass for a very long time. USC never beats Arizona. That's their, that's one of their kryptonites. USC is a dog shit team when they have to play Arizona. Arizona State can give them some, some, some trouble. The issue is, is that Arizona State gets its ass handed to them by USC. So you know, I don't trust Arizona State to beat USC. I don't know. I guess there's no team on Arizona's bracket that would scare me if I'm an Arizona fan. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be scared by Arizona State. No. It required a, a crazy, an insane upset, like yeah. crazy shooting night. Yeah. If you it, gave and- Utah KJ Simpson from Colorado, <laughs> Utah could do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. other than that, Utah is. There's no way they're doing it again. No. no. And so I think I, they'll I think beat. Might be I think right. they could beat Stanford, um, but I. I don't trust them against Arizona. I don't trust them to do it again. So who knows? Uh, so I, it's going to be interesting. Greg, which of these games? We're going to the uh, first round. We're going to the quarterfinals. We might even get to the semifinals. Which which game from the first round are you most excited about? From the first round, it's obvious. I mean, for me, it's very clearly Colorado-Washington. Uh, yeah, first one Utah of the day, Stanford too. could be a close game, but I don't think it'll be a inspiring one uh like i i think utah's floundering too much stanford the season has just been depressing colorado not been a great season for them and yet i still have felt pretty good about them most of the Mm. year Mm. uh like i I just think they are good vibes i like tad boyle washington i don't think is that good but i think they could make it an interesting and fun game so that's the one i'm most excited for the second the first round i do think we could have quite a few good second round games though yeah it's going to be interesting. I hope uh, uh, I, I'm sort of watching the Colorado UCLA game. We get a rematch of rematch mm-hmm. of that one. That could be intriguing. Washington State Oregon, honestly, might be for the Pac-12's fourth bid. Like the winner of that one. I don't think Washington Washington State Washington can't State get in has without to win winning the tournament. the tournament. They cannot get in without winning the Their tournament. Their metrics look good. Don't give a fuck. Their record sucks. We're not. We don't have. We don't have corn bias on our side <laughs> yeah. here. All right. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Just, just Washington State has to win the tournament, but they'll do it. So we're. we're it's fine. 
Arizona State. Vegas on board. Let's go. Greg sees the vision. Arizona State needs to beat the shit out of Oregon State, and it probably needs to beat USC if it wants to get into the tournament. So that was what that is their path, I think. Other than that, I don't see any other teams. Uh, Oregon, you know, they have to beat Washington State, and maybe that might be enough for them. Who knows? Uh, play UCLA tough if they play them in the second round. So, all right. Cool. So that's the Pac-12 basketball tournament. It's going to be really, really interesting. It is time now, though, to make some game predictions. All right, Greg, uh, do you have a Wooden's Weekly Winners update? Do you have a season update even? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, I do think... Uh, I, I have the update. I just don't have the season update. Uh, I meant to ask for it but i got distracted because this week we are doing uh, a little something special we're gonna try and have a pac-12 tournament bracket challenge so everybody who has done wooden's weekly winners uh will get a bracket email to them and then if you want to do a bracket challenge with us for the pac-12 tournament but have not uh done wooden's weekly wooden's weekly winners up on patreon we have a Google form where you can put in your email and we'll send you a bracket. And then on Twitter, uh, I tweeted out from the No Truck Stops account uh, of a, a link to that same Google form. So you can put your email in there and you'll get a, a, a bracket so you can participate with us. Now, as for last week, we have the winners as Cam and Chad. Mm. I that might be Chad's first win this year. Uh, good for him. Both of them went 12, 10 for 12. Uh, easiest picks of the week were Cal going 0-2 and, and Oregon going 2-0. and 0. The hardest picks were UCLA. Uh, yeah, yeah, UCLA sweeping. Most people had them going 1-1, one one, mm. which is surprising to me. Overall, oh, is this a... I do have a season update. Oh, look at that. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> yes, overall, Rumlin Buffalo still ahead with mm. the best pure percentage. But based on weekly responses... Me and KG are tied at the top there, uh, feeling good about being in the same breath as KG. The betting sheet will continue for the tournament, uh, but we'll do the the emails, like I said, and we might do something for the actual NCAA tournament as well. Very nice. Hey, that's a regular season title as far as I'm concerned. Benjamin Burrow slash Rumble and Buffalo, please email me, equityburn at gmail.com. We'll uh, send you some. So, yeah, great stuff. Um, okay, then let's move on. No game predictions because we got this tournament coming up. Let's make some tournament predictions. Who makes it to the NC, the NCAA, the Pac-12 tournament final? And who do you think ultimately wins it? Greg, let's start with you. Oh, fuck. I, I forgot what I was saying. Well, I asked you who was going to make it to the tournament final. Who do you yeah, think is going to yeah, win it? That was it. I was, there it is. Right. Back on track. <laughs> I was going to say something about, like, you know, I normally don't do upsets normally. However, I am 100% convinced at this point. After Avery pushing me over the edge with the Jalen Clark factor. Peer pressure. Uh, Washington State's going all the way, and they'll beat Arizona in the championship. Oh, 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 o
Oh yeah, I'm. I've never been boring. I'm not gonna start being boring. Uh, Washington State could lose to Cal, and I would still pretend like I was actually right, and everything else is wrong. So, I b- I believe in the Cougs, Washington State over Arizona. Give me. I am going with UCLA on that side of the bracket. Give me USC. I I don't know. Maybe I know I said I didn't trust USC against Arizona, but like, do I trust? Here's the thing. I trust Arizona very, very little to actually run through this to get two games in a row to get to the conference championship. I don't know why. I'm feeling weird about it. I'm feeling, feeling a little strange. I was so. just gonna ask Greg what the betting odds for Washington State are. Oh, I have no idea. But you oh should look goodness. it up. Greg. I should find that and, and bet that now. <laughs> bet they're pretty good. It'd be juicy. Yes. It'd be juicy. So who do you think, Carlos, is against UCLA in UC- the end? UCLA USC. USC. Oh, you think you th- after, after saying that after saying that <laughs> no. Arizona owns USC? You're right, and saying that Arizona you changed had that. your mind. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, oh, you <laughs> know, they're gonna struggle with ago. Stanford. You're right. You're right. But I- I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Yeah, I don't want to be boring. Coin flip, Carlos. Yeah, don't be boring. <laughs> See, I could have said UCLA, Arizona. That would have been the most boring pick. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. Wait, we no, a- we gotta hear from Greg. We Greg's looking up. Uh, it's betting odds. Okay. Not Get it, Greg. It's it's very frustrating. Um, do, 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 do. This is important. Yeah, this is um, not a betting advice podcast. Yeah, that's on Patreon. Um, and during football season, but uh, this shit. Do they have is, even a Pac-12 tournament betting odds? They're, they they have betting odds should, for everything. But I have never seen it take this long to load. Okay. So well, this is important, I think, and I want to say yeah. it on the podcast. Okay, uh, if oddsshark.com from March 2nd. March 2nd. They'll definitely have before, it, right? But March 2nd was before this weekend. So. Okay, I don't care. Uh, let me check uh, another sports Let's see, sports all right. 2023 Pac-12 tournament picks, predictions, and odds. UCLA is a favorite, plus 135. Arizona's plus 180. We're looking for Washington State. Per Vegas Insider, Washington State is plus 2200. They have I'm the seeing third, plus 2000. Oh, are you? I'm seeing plus twenty two. On DraftKings. On the Caesar Sportsbook, I'm seeing plus twenty two hundred. So, um, somewhere around there, that would give them the per Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, that would give them the sixth best odds. I don't know, Greg. Drop a how drop much a, money? Drop a how much money is there? I don't know how to translate <laughs> these numbers. If how I bet money? twenty bucks, bet how much money am I winning? A hundred dollars for plus whatever the number is. You'll get that's what you get. Yeah. So, like, if it's plus twenty two hundred, you bet a hundred, you get twenty two hundred. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. I don't want to do the math for what twenty would be. Yeah, that would. would Yeah, don't. don't (laughs) A fifth, right? You just divide it by a five because. But I'm not going to do that. It's like a little over five hundred. Yeah, over four hundred. Not bad. Not bad. I don't know, Greg. We might have to go there and uh, right early in the morning. Four hundred and fifty dollars. Maybe. Place a bet. All right. That's it. That'll do it for us. Thanks so much for listening. As always, uh, don't forget to check out our Patreon at NorTruckStops.com. That's where Pac-12 football discourse is happening in March, which is the sickest fucking thing I've ever heard. But if you don't want uh, football content right now, why not consider showing us some gratitude $3 tip? We'd, uh, we'd really appreciate it. We have to support Greg's gambling addiction. Anyway, that's Avery. That's Greg. I'm Carlos. Thank you again for listening. And remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Rumors still and thick with smoke So thick it makes you choke The crowd vibes in The coffee's kicking And my patience are wearing thin Said I'm lonelier Than a single sax on a quiet city street Things aren't always clean
Sa 